Hello and welcome to Allegedly Astrology. Each week we break down the astrology that happened during some of the biggest scandals and events in history. Thanks for listening. And if you guys want to support us even more, you can subscribe to our Patreon. For $5 a month, you get at least two extra episodes. You could also leave us a five-star review and subscribe on whatever podcast platform you listed on. And if you leave us a review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify and DM us a screenshot of that review, we'll make you a custom meme of your big three and send you a quick write-up about it. We also have cool Allegedly Astrology stuff on TeePublic, so go there to check it out. And make sure to follow us on social media. We're Allegedly Astrology on Instagram, Reddit, and TikTok, and Allegedly Astro on Twitter. And you can visit our website, allegedlyastrology.com, to learn more about us and the show, or book a reading with me, Dana, and check out charts and transcripts for select episodes. So with that, Dana, what are we talking about today? Today we are talking about Brendan Fraser. Yes. Brendan Fraser is an award-winning, recently award-winning, Canadian-American actor. If you watched any movies in the 90s, they probably had Brendan Fraser in them. He starred in films like Encino Man, School Ties, George of the Jungle, and of course, his most famous role, again until recently, was the Mummy franchise movies. However, he suddenly disappeared from the Hollywood scene kind of abruptly, I don't know, but anyway, only to resurface about a decade later. And most recently, he's earned himself an Oscar for Best Actor, which is honestly crazy. So let's learn about him and his astrology. So honestly, I'm very intrigued by his just general like growing up. So he grew up with three brothers. His dad was a Canadian tourism official. So because of that, they moved around a lot. So he lived in Holland and Switzerland, Great Britain, Italy and the U.S. The family finally posted up in Toronto, Canada, where Brandon, Brendan, fuck, attended high school. I will be messing up his name this whole episode, so just bear with me. Don't take it going to rallies and saying, let's go, Brandon. So <laughs> no. for herself. It's going to say. <laughs> it's an honest mistake, and it's, it's, it's not a podcast. It's Sarah's <laughs> This is not a QAnon <laughs> podcast. This is not a QAnon friend, podcast. It's a friend named Brandon, and that's why I'm getting screwed up, obviously. But anyway, what is Brandon's... Oh, fuck. It's Brendan. Yeah. yeah Brendan. Brendan's big three. Brendan was born on December 3rd, 1968 at 328 p.m. in Indianapolis, Indiana. And he is a Sagittarius sun and a Taurus moon and Taurus rising angel. Mm-hmm. I have a fun story about him, which is that my mom told me over the weekend because I told her we were recording an episode on Brendan. And she said that when I was little, when I was like four or something, my aunt dated Chris O'Donnell because he went to high school. Oh, like, my God. I forgot about that. Yeah. And so Chris O'Donnell called my grandparents' house and left a message for my aunt. And was shooting. he was shooting school ties with Brendan Fraser. And so he left, like, Brendan Fraser got on the phone and was, like, really sweet and, like, left a message. And then I guess that I went to, for preschool for show and tell, or tell, I guess. I was like, Brendan Fraser left, like, this a movie star left a, a, what's it called, a voicemail for my grandparents. <laughs> and then the teacher asked my mom if I was lying. And my mom was like, she's no liar. <laughs> my daughter's no liar. She's a drama queen, baby, but no liar. I didn't raise no liar. <laughs> so, yeah. So, Sagittarius Sun. We know so much about them. We love them. They're gregarious, happy-go-lucky, magnetic, compelling, optimistic. 
primary need for a Sagittarius sun or any Sagittarius placement is to believe in something lest they be prone to depression and or denial, which is another Sagittarius thing. It's at least that I know with Sagittarius suns and moons, <laughs> you laugh so you don't cry sometimes. So this is in his eighth house. So he might have inherited his sense of self to some degree or his personal responsibility in relationships since it's the second house from his seventh house, which is the house of relationships. Maybe he's easily guilt tripped and maybe he just makes other people feel some type of way. A lot of times dark houses can be good for actors because they they can have an effect on other people, I find. He's ruled by Jupiter and Libra in the sixth house. So he cares about other people in his work. Jupiter and Libra cares about other people. And in the sixth house, this is the house of like work, mundane tasks. He cares about his coworkers, right? Maybe he's someone who always, you know, like checks on the people who are not always in the credits, that type of thing. He's also probably a people person in general and his Taurus moon. I love a Taurus moon. This tempers being a people person somewhat. Taurus moons need comfort and proper nutrition. They also need to have time to themselves to either decompress or figure shit out. And his moon's in the first house, so he's emotional. Maybe he finds it hard to conceal his emotions or he also have like repressed emotions that reveal themselves in his health or appearance, which are first house topics. Also, again, he's a Taurus rising, so he's attractive. Taurus is ruled by Venus, the sign of or the planet of beauty. Also somewhat subdues like the largesse of his Sagittarius son, although both have to do with sort of bigness, like just like the a massive spirit. It doesn't dim his like spirit, though. He also has Venus conjunct his midheaven and it also rules his ascendant. So he has a public facing job. The midheaven is all about career um, or like your public persona, who what your reputation is. And so... He finds himself also in his career like this isn't global popularity isn't surprising for someone whose chart ruler is conjunct the midheaven and when it's Venus because it's like an attractive planet. So I like that he's an actor. Maybe he could have been a politician otherwise too. Also something that's interesting is he has both of his malefics are debilitated. So he has Mars in Libra in his sixth house opposite Saturn in fall in Aries in his 12th house. But so having debilitated malefics, maybe he can be prone to depression or being held back. They both rejoice in their respective houses, though. Mars' its favorite house is in the sixth house, and Saturn loves to be in the twelfth house. So this is called accidental dignity. So I think it's interesting that he has they're both debilitated, but they're also both have this accidental dignity. I think this is maybe like when things are good, they're good. When they're bad, they're bad. Having your malefics opposite each other can also mean that other people get in get in the way for you. And this could come up later, so I'll just say it now. He was born in March 69. So this is both a few months after he was born, since he was born in December 68. In March 1969, Venus retrograded in Aries. And in April 1969, Mars retrograded in Sagittarius. So don't forget that, because I will be talking about it later. Cool. Interesting. Yeah, I feel like his like upbringing as sort of... Um, his dad seemed like some sort of ambassador to the Canadian government. And then, you know, I think you kind of have to be a people person, especially when you're moving around to all the different countries and places like people who have those kind of upbringings usually are very good at being like people pleasers and like, you know, sort of understanding people. That's interesting because, yeah, he, so the eighth house is also a house of inheritance. So inheriting being a people person, right? That's not like his, right. like he, his choice. And then protecting exactly, himself like, his Taurus placement, sort of like. Exactly. So it's sort of like he has to do that for survival, whether it's like because his parents make him or he needs to do that to make friends. But then, you know, luckily he has that sort of protective Taurus armor in his 
uh, moon and rising. So while on vacation in London, he saw a play and that really got him interested in acting. And so he decided to go to a small acting college in New York and then eventually went to Hollywood to try to make it in the industry as one does. And honestly, he did it. He started off with a few made-for-TV movies, but his first real role was in a film called Dogfight, which is described as a coming-of-age drama about Vietnam. So I would probably watch it. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. Nothing like coming-of-age in Vietnam. But anyway, (laughs) uh, his huge break came in 1992 when he was in the comedy Encito Man. And in the film, Brendan... I've never seen it. It's so good. Oh, I mean, I haven't seen it since I was honestly like a legit age. Yeah, I was going to say. In the film, Brendan plays a caveman recently freed from a block of ice in (laughs) California. Excellent plot. Excellent plot. And this film helped turn him into a star. And at the time, the film did just okay at the box office, but has since gained a a cult following. After that, Brendan was in the school drama School Ties, along with Matt Damon, Ben Affleck, and Dana's and sex boyfriend Chris O'Donnell. <laughs> Brendan played a Jewish star quarterback confronting embedded anti-Semitism in private prep school society. And this film was marketed as the launch of like a new generation of hottie leading men. And that's like exactly what it was. So 1992 was a big year for Brendan with those two movies. So what was going on for him then? Wow, that plot okay. really holds up today. Yeah. Can't be that would be one that they could remake and would be good. They remake so many bad ones, they could maybe remake a good one. Uh, so in 1992, let's look at his charts. Pluto stationed retrograde 23 days after he was born. So it was stationing retrograde in his progress chart in 1992. Pluto's a planet of power. It's in his fifth house. And his fifth house also do, has to do with individuation and creativity. Acting could for sure fall on, underneath that umbrella. So 1991 was a 12th house year. And 1992 was a first house year. This activates his natal north node, which is an eclipse point. So it's a year of destiny and increase. The North Node relates to increase. The South Node tends to relate to decrease. It's also activating his natal Saturn in his 12th house, which is, you know, the planet of hard work. And Saturn was in Aquarius, transiting his 10th house at this time. So this is about buckling down at work. And Saturn transiting the 9th house and Capricorn was like building up to Saturn in Aquarius. So it's sort of like a preparation period, you know, leading up to that. I think it's interesting. The two things of Saturn paying his dues, so to speak. And the North Node was in Capricorn, where Brendan has his natal midheaven and chart ruler, Venus. And so the North Node, once again, being an eclipse point about increase and increase is crossing his point of career opportunities and affecting his sense of self, his chart ruler. And Venus is about money. So he's getting extra money from working more. (laughs) Also, his his progress moon was in Aries, conjunct his natal North Node. And so the North Node is activated across all three charts, which I think is like this is just means it's like a very significant year for like moving forward towards his destiny and like things that were going to happen to him um and a lot of increase right like he's increased in exposure increase in working increase in money i think it's pretty cool yeah the stars were in his favor that year yeah let's go brenda 1992 (laughs) but unfortunately you can't always be in box office smashes and between 1994 and 1996 brendan starred in several box office flops but he still came back at it with george of the jungle loved that movie and even got critical acclaim for his dramatic role in gods and monsters and he became sort of one of those rare actors that could shift between a lot of different genres like comedy drama and even adventure movies adventure and sagittarius 
Oh, yes. Um, so also Brendan's biggest commercial success came when he starred as adventurer Rick O'Connell in the Mummy and the Mummy Returns movies. So this was a huge moment for him. So what was going on when the Mummy came out? This was May 4th, 1999. We were babies. Babies. We Who loved babies. the Mummy. Yeah, hell yeah. Fucking my husband never knew that DVD. I think on what? I've never seen it. Really? How? I mean, yeah. I've You've seen Encino Man, but not the Mummy? That you don't even watch everything about me. a birthday party or something. <laughs> and, like it was always playing at my cousin's house. Like I wouldn't, I don't really remember what happened in it, and I wouldn't watch it again. But I know I've for sure seen it. Yeah, same. Go watch it on the plane. So the sun was in Taurus on this day, and the moon was in Sagittarius. So this was the reverse of his natal place when he has oh, his damn. sun Ooh. in Sagittarius and his moon in Taurus. I love a reverse activation. It's just so you know meaningful for me. Also, the sun is in his first house, so this is putting him in the spotlight. The sun is a spotlight. When it transits your first house, you might get more attention. Same thing when it transits your midheaven. So also, Pluto is conjunct his natal Mercury and sun. Mercury is how we connect with the world and how we communicate and how we understand our surroundings. Sun is vitality, spotlight, power. It's the nucleus of our chart, so it's what we put our whole heart into. Pluto's power and intensity. So it's sort of like Pluto also being the slowest outer planet. It's very slow, so these transits last a long time. So this really cements his, like... You know, like when people think of Brendan Fraser, they do think of the mummy, I think, right? Yeah. Sort of I would like they it. also do with the Pluto, it's very like transformational, like this transformed, like especially on his son, this like transformed him from like a nerd in, I don't know, like school ties. Well, he was a nerd. He was a jock. But, you know, like this like kind of random person in school ties to being like this guy is like the head action hero in a huge franchise. Yeah, you can think of it as like this was like the 90s version of Indiana Jones. Like this was a really big like box office hit that he was starring in. And even though Dana never saw it. Even though Dana never saw it. But you, you knew of it. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Also, Jupiter is conjunct his natal Saturn. Jupiter is blessing. Saturn is discipline. This transit is payoff for your hard work. Saturn is conjunct his natal ascendant. And so once again, hard work. We have Saturn activating multiple placements or, you know, his natal Saturn's activated and then Saturn's activating his ascendant. It's hard work, effort, getting attention for his hard work, too. Also, like, modulating the lens through which he sees himself, maybe taking himself more seriously because he's able, you know, when other people are taking him seriously, he's like, okay, I'm I'm a serious person. Even though Taurus moons take themselves seriously at the right times. But, yeah, this is just that extra little push, right? Also, Mars is retrograde in Scorpio in his seventh house, and he's in his seventh house Scorpio Mars year. So this is about power and lucrative contracts. The seventh house relates to contracts. Scorpio and Mars both relate to power. Retrograde Mars and Scorpio. So Mars spends an extended period of time in his perfected house, and his progressed Mars was also in Scorpio at this time. So his natal Mars is in detriment in Libra. And so when a progressed planet moves from a Whenever a progress when it enters a new sign, that's a big deal, especially when it's not the moon, since the moon spends like a year and a half in every sign. So progress Mars transiting from a debilitated planet in detriment in Libra and moving it to a dignified position can like sort of free that person from certain challenges of that natal placement. So even though Mars is great in the sixth house, once it enters Scorpio, it's it's in it's visible in his chart. It's it's stronger. It maybe he is no longer feels like other people are sort of pushing him down. Maybe he feels more in control. And also, Nino Mars opposite Saturn, certain things were beyond his control maybe, or maybe he felt like he had to be cooperative or like acquiesce to certain things to his detriment, right? Mars and Libra is not 
great at handling conflict and often can like be bullied. So once Mars progresses into Scorpio, maybe he gains more control in his life and in his dealings, you know, maybe he has more. This also probably gave him more the ability to negotiate contracts, right? Like once you. What's interesting. Yeah. What's interesting about this is that like, I feel like Scorpio, the Scorpio like placement made a big, made, it was a big deal for him. And Scorpio is what do we always say? The underbelly. The whole franchise is about like the under, like literally it happens all underground. The mummy. Isn't that crazy? And Mars is retrograde at zero degrees Scorpio when it came out. So that's very the purest degree. That's wild. Whoa. Astrology not only is true, it's funny. So, <laughs> also, <laughs> this was his progressed full moon in Cancer. So his progressed sun's in Capricorn, his progressed moon's in, camp- in Cancer. It's a milestone in many ways. His entire life has been building up to this accomplishment. Um, he gets to like see himself. It's also significant for relationships. It's just sort of... Whenever you like the progressive nations are major. So progressive moon in cancer where the moon is dignified it, and his natal moon is dignified. It's, I like that a lot. After the mummy, he did some smaller roles in other movies. He did voice work and made guest appearances on some TV shows. But his film work slowed from the late 2000s to mid 2010s. And despite being one of the more famous faces on the big screen, his career kind of hit like a pretty big slump. And one of the reasons why was due to the physical toll doing his own stunts was taking on his body. You know, he is like a really big guy and he's running around and he jumping. He did his so. own stunts? Is that yeah. the thing? I did not know that. That's nuts. And Tom Cruise these days, I guess. But Yeah, but Tom Cruise he, is like small and nimble. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Brendan was forced to undergo several pretty big surgeries, like a spinal surgery, a knee replacement. For some reason, he got his vocal cords repaired. So... He was in and out of the hospital for almost seven years. So that like took him out of the game, obviously. Oh my God. Coming up, we have a trigger warning for sexual assault. So feel free to skip. But in another reason that Brendan claims his movie opportunities dried up was because he was sexually assaulted by the then president of the Hollywood Foreign Press Association, Philip Burt. So Brendan says the alleged incident occurred after they shook hands at a luncheon hosted by the Hollywood Foreign Press Association in 2003. So after they shook hands, Brendan says that Philip reached around and grabbed his ass cheek and then started to move his finger around, massaging him in that very precarious place. And Brendan said that the incident really like left him reclusive and really sort of upset, obviously, and ultimately led to a pretty lengthy pause from acting and subsequent depression. And so the Hollywood Foreign Press, they launched an internal investigation into the, into the claims. And they said that Burke had inappropriately touched him, yes, but they said that his actions were intended to be taken as a joke and not a sexual advance. God, Hollywood people are disgusting. And Philip wrote a letter to Brendan apologizing, but Philip said that apologizing didn't mean he admitted to do it, to any wrongdoing, which again, like, God, people. That's not an apology. Literally, an apology is admitting wrongdoing. It's like the <sighs> I, core of an apology is that I did something <laughs> wrong to you. But Brandon thought about making the encounter public, but didn't want to face how the incident made him feel or have it become part of his narrative. So, yeah, yeah I think there's a lot of shame in, like, men... You know, I think obviously there's so much, you know, we've learned about the Me Too movement and everything that was going on and is still, I'm sure, going on. But I think men just really didn't want to, didn't want to talk about that. Terry Crews also was this also people were like, didn't take it seriously. God. Yeah. Hopefully that's changing. 
But after the event, he was rarely invited back to the Golden Globes and felt that he had less movie offers, making him wonder if the Hollywood, if the Hollywood Foreign Press had blacklisted him. And so this was just a pretty big, kind of crazy year. So a lot was going on for Brendan in 2003. So what was happening in his chart? My heart hurts for him. Poor guy. Yeah. Okay, so his 2002 solar return coincided with a total solar eclipse in Sagittarius. So this is when the sun and the moon and the world are in Sagittarius. So we already know it's going to be a major year of changes when an eclipse coincides with someone's solar return. The south node eclipse also. So the south node can represent decrease or what's being phased out. And in his natal eighth house is the house where we lack control. Also a house that can deal with sexual violation. Also sexual trust. So therefore it deals with sexual violation. With his natal sun here, it alters how he sees himself, how he feels about himself. Also, it could be literally taking his light away. Maybe, you know, I don't think being blacklisted is out of the realm for this. He was in an 11th house Pisces Jupiter year. So his natal Chiron is activated. Dude, I knew it. I knew it. Sir, actually called this. Chiron, what is it? The wound? What is it? The in- It's the primordial wound. His is at- Primordial wound. Yeah. Sarah knows a lot more about it, I probably, than I do. But yeah, just the primordial wound. Also, his progress wounds in Leo conjunct his progressed IC. So this is that. The IC is about endings. In Leo, he's retreating from stardom. It's emotional endings. It's the moon. And it's also about his body. So the moon relates to the body. Uranus is conjunct his progressed midheaven in Aquarius. So this is changing his reputation. Uranus is also shock, shock surprises, right? You don't expect someone to like massage your taint at a, a gala. <laughs> I don't, at least. Not the galas I go to. <laughs> Pluto is conjunct his progressed ascendant in Sagittarius. And Pluto can also, Pluto is all about power. It's often about sex as well. So it's like this is sexual assault. The ascendant is where he's sexually overpowered by someone else. The ascendant relates to other people. Mars is retrograde. Mars retrograded in July in Pisces, which is a mutable sign. And he was born a year that Mars retrograded in Sagittarius, which is a mutable sign. So one of I don't I doubt I'm the first astrologer to to have this theory although I haven't seen it anywhere personally I think that if you treat your own birth sort of like a mundane event and you check the retrograde cycles of the whole year you know within 12 months maybe on either side being the like the retrograde cycles can apply so I think that's interesting it's also having having a prolonged stay in his perfected house so it's in the 11th house of audience friends it's a social house mars is his out of sect malefic which can mean that mars transits invite detrimental circumstances into his life and it's something out of his control made him retreat from the public sphere right his audience like maybe mars also is like about power so mars retrograde it's sort of like taking power away from his audience right he doesn't have an audience anymore if he can't get roles yeah and i mean the 11th house too is audiences but also like organizations you belong to so the fact that this happened at like the hollywood foreign press like dinner luncheon like those are all like colleagues of his that are like in this network but i think the chiron in pisces is like interesting too i was just like looking it up here on the side because it kind of manifests in two ways it's like you might feel like your wound is almost like you think the world is unfair or merciless or that you've been left out to dry like there's like this sense of like victimization or like betrayal and then the other way that it manifests too is that like you become like really emotionally disconnected and you kind of shut down 
And I think like that's basically what he did. Like he like didn't know how to deal with this thing. So he kind of just crumbled in a way. Another really simple way I could delineate this if I was just looking at it really quickly. So he's in an 11th house Jupiter year. Jupiter. So we look at where Jupiter is in his natal chart. It's in his house of daily work. So a daily work as an actor is, you know, acting. And it's transiting his fourth house of endings. So endings, Whoa. acting. Damn. Wow, wow. So Brendan was having a hard time grappling with his sudden lack of stardom. You know, what happened to him at this luncheon, allegedly, and his marriage falling apart because he was married at the time. And him and his wife decided to divorce. And then there was just like a lot of like court fighting about child support payments and stuff like that, because at this point he had three kids with her. Yeah, and around this time, his mom died. So I think it just was like a lot of... A lot of endings. A lot of endings for him. Wow, yeah. That fourth house, damn. But time passed, and eventually, in late 2016, Brendan appeared in episodes of Showtime series The Affair. Good show. Everyone was obsessed. So good. Everyone was obsessed with his role in the show, and it really brought him back into mainstream conversation again. People were like, oh, yeah, him, you know? And he was asked to give his first interview in years. This interview was weird as hell and, like, very uncomfortable, so much so that it went viral. Like, the whole time Brendan's, like, speaking in a whisper. Everyone's kind of like, what the fuck is going on with him? Like, why is he being such a freak? Like Elise said, he just said buried his mother so he was not in the best state to give an interview and it was a long time since he had given an interview so he was kind of just like out of his element regardless he was back in culture though so what was going on when he appeared in the affair why do i feel such intense like my heart like bleeds for him uh probably because he's a sad sun and you're a sad moon and you just he does seem like genuinely like a nice person i don't know but yeah he must have a terrible publicist (laughs) media train him come on so this was december 4th 2016 mars retrograded in 2016 in sagittarius which is the same that time that happened in his natal year right um same sign and it's also mutable so since it's picking up from the last time you know when it was in pisces too when he was blacklisted by the hollywood foreign press but in sagittarius it's especially significant for him since it's where he has his natal son and so on December 3rd, it was the beginning of his one house year. So it's Ooh. new beginnings literally just the day before. And in 2017, Venus retrograded in Aries, which also happened the year he was born. So this is like a lot of new beginnings. If I was his astrologer, I'd be like, okay, buddy, we're in for some new beginnings. Like, look up, <laughs> you know, like things are going to be happening. So his birthday sandwich between these mundane retrogrades that occurred within the year he was born, signaling just a major year indeed. Additionally, the transiting south node and Neptune were conjunct his progressed moon and his midheaven. So I feel like it's taking away some of the stuff that was added, right? So Uranus was on his progressed midheaven when he was fondled. And so this is sort of taking away maybe some of that reputation, right? Like, or, you know, the non-reputation. Uranus is conjunct his natal Saturn and Aries. So maybe that's, you know, taking, like, it's a surprise for his new, the new work he has to do. Saturn's all about putting in work. His progressed son also entered Aquarius in April 2016. So it's freshly, you know, of it's in his 10th house of public reputation of the public life. So he's maybe able to see himself anew. I think the Uranus conjunct natal Saturn and Aries is interesting and that his progressed son entered his 10th house because one of the reasons why he got the affair was because the directors or the showrunners, whoever were putting it on, they 
really like this fact that like Brendan Fraser was like gone and then he had this like allure, this big celebrity allure and they wanted him to like be seen in a different way with this character. Oh. So that is very much like surpri- like putting in the work, but like it's like a surprising it's kind of like being up- seen in a new way when Saturn rules as the natal midheaven. So Uranus being yeah. there is like exactly that. That's pretty cool. Oh, yeah. Because he was like a super weird guard. Like he was like a, I wouldn't say like scary, but he was like very like uncomfortable to watch on screen. Oh, cool. In a good way. That was like his character. Yeah. Oh, I think that's cool. I would probably want to play someone like that. So if I'm only one to catch me, I'm ready. Also, both Mercury and Jupiter stationed retrograde 47 days after he was born and he turned 48 in 2016. So they were stationing in his chart all through 2016. So Mercury is all about communication. Jupiter is about largesse and goodwill and it rules his natal sun and Mercury. So this is pretty important. That is important. Wow. Damn. We learned all about this and the alleged sexual assault. Thanks to a GQ interview that he did in 2018, this interview went a lot better than the one he gave after for the affair. But this is going to be a chart that we cover exclusively on the Patreon. So if you want to know more about his 2018 GQ interview and sort of how that continued to catapult him to success, head over to the Patreon. Do it. So after he was in the affair, people were like, oh, duh, Brendan, love him. And his career was really revitalized by roles in No Sudden Move and The Whale. Yes. The Whale is a Darren Aronofsky film, and it it premiered at the Venice Film Festival. And his performance in the movie was so highly praised. He received a six-minute standing ovation. At the film festival, which is like, you know, obviously judges and peers and, you know, that's a really big deal. My hands hurt just like thinking about it. But what was going on when The Whale premiered? My hands hurt. <laughs> My hands hurt. I'm a, la- I'm, a, I'm a hard clapper, you know, so. Yeah, you have Jupiter conjunct Mars in Gemini, the sign of the hands. So that makes sense. Oh, wow. That's hard clapping. Yeah. My, my, my friends used to call my claps gunshot claps. Oh, my gosh. We love that. My college friends, because there was a lot of clapping in the sorority. Oh, legitimately. Yeah. Makes sense. That makes a lot of sense. I was like, why were you clapping so much that people noticed it? <laughs> September 4th, 2022, in Venice, Italy. And the North Node and Uranus were in Taurus transiting his first house. So the North Hell yeah. is about increase. It's increasing exposure to him, which is his first house. And Uranus is shock, surprise. It's changing his, like, it's changing, I think, how he feels in the world too, right? I mean, it's giving him exposure, but it's changing, I think, hopefully how he feels about himself. And the transiting South Node is exactly conjunct his progressed Mars and Scorpio. So I feel like this is returning power to him that was taken away, draining the power of his opponents in the seventh house. Remember how that went? Oh, yeah. Jupiter is conjunct his, his natal north node in Aries. So Jupiter, the planet of, you know, largesse, increase, abundance, is crossing his natal north node, which is his natal point of increase and swelling as well. Wow. Have you seen the whale? Playing, yeah. He was, yeah, fe- yeah, he is a large boy in that one. Mercury <laughs> was conjunct his natal south node in Libra. And Mercury is like, I feel like it's bringing back like his six. Okay, so he's a sixth house south node in Libra. The sixth house is all about your daily work. So I feel like this is bringing back communication and talking about him working all the time, right? He's being, you know, people were like, okay, like what's he going to do next, right? People are interested in what's going on for him. And Mars was opposite his natal sun and Mercury. So Mars is like, you know, all about power and 
Also, Mars spend, Mars stationed opposite. So this Mars opposition lasted a long time. And I mean, maybe he was spending more money, which is usually what happens when Mars transits your second house, but also maybe making more money. Hopefully that was happening. Maybe he was spending more because he was making more. Also, his progress moon is in Taurus. So it's his progress lunar return. So he's being returned to himself. Returning to himself. But it's interesting that this the progressed Mars was in Scorpio because Mars was retrograde in Scorpio when the mummy came out. And, and that was sort of like the last movie that people associated him with. And like this movie is sort of returning itself or returning him to like sort of this huge character, like no pun intended. But, you know, I think people now are going to associate Brendan Fraser with the whale as much as they might associate him with the money, with the mummy. For sure. It's his Oscar winning movie. Yeah. Yeah. And again, huge deal. He won the Academy Award for Best Actor, the first time a Canadian has ever won it. Even though he wasn't born in Canada, he's a Canadian citizen. They're claiming it. He even found love with Jeannie Moore, a professional makeup artist and hairstylist that he brought as his date to the Oscars. They seem very cute together, but we need to like just just sit on this for a second. He literally didn't act for years and then came back and won an Oscar in like one of his first movies that he had done in like a long ass time. That's like if, he, if that's not a comeback, like, I really don't know what is. North Node in Uranus and Taurus in the first. That's, that'll, don't call it a comeback. And then it'll take you higher. But, you know, it's not like he just was in the whale and then, like, you know, it's a one and done thing. As of right now, the last time I checked his IMDB page, he had four movies in post-production. One's called Killers of the Flower Moon, which honestly, I'm sad. I'm intrigued. As a stranger, um, there's podcasters. We have to see that or something. Hell yeah. Behind the Curtain of the Night, Batgirl, and something called Brothers. But, you know, we love a comeback. Dana, what are those predictions? I already assume there's one with the nodes. Yes, there is. And also there's <laughs> so much like he's going to be on the map, I feel, for a while coming up. We have and, and something like what that happens in astrology is like you got like a really good run, right? You can sort of be that can set you up for, you know, a while. So Jupiter is ending his first house on May 16th. So Jupiter transiting his first house for one year will increase popularity and blessings. And then it will move to his second house after that, where it can increase money and earnings. That's pretty reliable. So I'm pretty like, and if you're getting a lot of scripts, maybe he'll, maybe all these movies, he'll get even more movies. On July 17th, his nodal return begins. Dun, dun, dun. Oh my God, it's gonna be sick. I know the eclipse will be happening in his, in his, the same signs they were in when he was born. So that's huge. And then 2025 is a big year because it's the beginning of his second Saturn return. So that could be more work. And something I found, too, is that things that are taken away sometimes from people during their first Saturn return are, can be returned to them. Wow. Like in, you know, different forms during their second. And so that's pretty cool. Also, Venus retrogrades in Aries that year as it did the year he was born. So maybe it'll be a winding down time from after a really big time. But in any event, from now until 2025, which is going to be a big year, he has a lot, a lot on his plate. Yeah, I mean, the Killers of the Flower Moon, he's not like the, he's not like the main character, but it's with like Leonardo DiCaprio, Whoa. De Niro's in it. What like, is it about? It's a huge, it's about, it's a, it's a, based on a true story and I think a book, but it's basically like a, a tribe of Native, Native Americans had struck oil in Oklahoma and then all, a lot of them started dying under mysterious circumstances so that a rich, wealthy cattle rancher could like take their land. 
and it was eventually investigated. I don't know too much about it, but okay. the FBI investigated, but I don't know if any any charges or anything came about. But hopefully Brendan Fraser plays a good guy in this one. I, I have an inkling that he does. Well, even if he plays a bad guy, he has range. All right. Well, this is an exciting time for Brendan. We're very happy that he's back and contributing his talent to the world again, because I think everyone's happy to see it. But remember to sign up for our Patreon for $5 a month and get that extra GQ interview chart. And with that, I'm Elise. I'm Dana. And I'm Sarah. And this is Allegedly Astrology. Bye. Ciao.